Some things shouldn't be transparent, like stop signs. But what you pay for should always be clear, like Hiller's true transparency pricing, always clearly itemized and never any hidden fees. Because you have the right to know what you're paying for. For more information, visit happyhiller.com slash true transparency pricing. Happy you'll be of the services free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Station. Now, 1045 The Zone's nonstop sports talk continues with a look at Nashville's teams and at news around the nation from the lead writer of 1045thezone.com. This is the Big Six. The Big Six with Jason Martin. And here we go. Straight up 6 o'clock by my watch means it's time for the one and only Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. I'm Jason Martin, your host. You can follow me on Twitter at jmartzone. And you have one more hour to talk Titans with me at 615-737-1045. 737-1045. I've been talking about this game for the last week. Certainly the last two days I've gotten... Many of my opinions out. I'm going to reiterate those opinions to you, and I'll give you my prediction for this at the end of the show. I'll also talk about the college football playoff as well. But you know, a funny thing happened on the way to the 2018 Tennessee Titans offseason. Uh, it's not happened yet. And there's a possibility that it's not going to happen. There is a piece still to be written in this story, and it's not being written by a team with nothing to play for. This is a team in Nashville wearing two-tone blue, your Tennessee Titans, that has everything in the world to play for. We don't know by the time the football is kicked off on Sunday night football whether it's going to be for a division championship, whether or not it could somehow be for the number two seed in the AFC, or whether or not you're playing for that final wild card spot. And you know what? I don't think Mike Vrabel cares. And I don't think anybody wearing those uniforms care. All they care about is the Indianapolis Colts standing in front of them. We've heard the stat ad nauseum all week. Andrew Luck's never lost to this team. Andrew Luck is 10-0 and against the Tennessee Titans with five wins in Nashville. Four of those five wins were one-score games. The fifth featured Charlie Whitehurst at quarterback. Andrew Luck is playing at an MVP level. This season, he's really good. I think many of us believed it was going to take another year for him to really come back from his injury. Remember, this is a guy where Jacoby Brissett was throwing deep balls at the end of games because Andrew Luck didn't have it in his arm. And now Andrew Luck's finding T.Y. Hilton for a record number of yards over the last six games. Eric Ebron has been pulled straight off the scrap heap where he was killing fantasy teams the entire time he played for the Detroit Lions, and now he shows up and he's a star for Andrew Luck, and he's made Jack Doyle's life a lot easier as the other tight end. The Colts are as hot as anybody in the league. Frank Reich might be the coach of the year this year in his first season at the helm of the Indianapolis Colts. Chris Ballard could be arguably the GM of the year, the front office person of the year, for the way he's drafted. Marlon Mack is a criminally underrated running back. 
The offensive line is playing as good as anybody in the NFL. The defense is pretty solid. Andrew Luck has been able to stay upright, only taking 16 sacks on the year. I'm laying out every reason why the Tennessee Titans should lose this game. The thing about it is, and I'm so torn because objectively I look at all the numbers and I look at all the stats and I say Indianapolis is going to win this game. And maybe I'm still going to tell you that at the end of this show. But I'm going to lay out some other stats for you as well. The Indianapolis Colts are under 500 on the road. Andrew Luck's only won one game in the playoffs on the road. And this, make no mistake, is a playoff game. And since the Titans have played very well at home, they've won at home all year long. Yes, it wasn't particularly impressive against the New York Jets. Yes, it was not particularly impressive against the Washington Redskins either. But they still got the job done. And unlike college football and its regular season, margin of victory and how impressive a win or a loss appears isn't going to affect the standings. It's only the W or the L that has anything to do with whether or not you continue to play or not. Or whether you get the opportunity to play or not. I, I still, I've had the same feeling all week, ladies and gentlemen, about this game. And it simply is that I can't create the logic in my head that would explain why the Tennessee Titans would win this game. And I laid out a few of those stats for you here just a few minutes ago. And I've said this a number of different times this week on various shows that I've been a part of. Blessed to have these opportunities and very thankful. The thing that, and I wrote this in the Big Six blog as well, at 1045thezone.com slash Big Six blog if you want to uh, follow me there and read my stuff. The thing that concerns me the most about the Tennessee Titans is this talk about how great the defense has been playing as of late. Because that is undoubtedly true. Not giving up offensive touchdowns in games against the Jets. Not giving up really an offensive touchdown against the Jags. That was a bad call. Should have been reviewed and was reviewed, but still should have been taken off the board and was not. Shut out performance against the Giants. They played well. They struggled a little bit with Adrian Peterson, and they struggled a little bit with Isaiah Crowell at the running back position for the Jets. But what terrifies me, if I'm a Tennessee Titans fan, is that this four-game win streak that was a total must for this football team to have any shot at getting into the playoffs has come against Josh McCown, Cody Kessler, Eli Manning in 2018 in a downpour and wind that made it almost impossible to throw. And then finally, Josh Johnson. Not exactly a murderer's row at the single most important position in all of professional sports. The quarterback spot. This season, the Tennessee Titans have not played against a plethora of talented Signal callers under center. They played against Tom Brady, but this is not a great Tom Brady year. He didn't have Rob Gronkowski in the game, but Adoree Jackson did a fine job on Josh Gordon. They did play against Carson Wentz, 
in that phenomenal overtime win where Corey Davis caught the touchdown to win it. Carson Wentz played great football in that game. But you look at some of the other opponents that they've played this year and you think about the guys that they did not play. No Pat Mahomes, no Drew Brees, no Russell Wilson, no Matt Ryan, no Aaron Rodgers, no Kirk Cousins, no Jared Goff. If you just look at it from a pure numbers standpoint, no Nick Mullins, which is more more of a uh, function, I believe, of how good Kyle Shanahan has proven himself to be based on Mullins' success and maybe explains maybe Garoppolo wasn't worth all that money because I'm not so sure he's that much better than what they do have right now on that football team. They have not played against many of the quarterbacks that you would fear in the NFL. The last two real quarterbacks they played before this four-game win streak, the one that, you know, the four-game win streak where they had to win or they weren't going to get in, they played against Deshaun Watson on Monday Night Football, and they played against Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck beat them 38-10. to T.Y. Hilton caught for 190 yards or so that could have been 500. Luck threw for 297 in that football game, three touchdowns and no interceptions, only had six incompletions on the day. Deshaun Watson on Monday Night Football, we saw what Lamar Miller did, but Deshaun Watson threw for two scores, didn't turn it over, ran the football, and ran it for about 70 yards on nine carries and also scored a touchdown on the ground. Those are the last two guys that they've played that you look at and you go in and you're like, well, we got a game plan against that quarterback. You're not game planning against Josh McCown. You're not game planning against Cody Kessler. That's not to say that those guys aren't pros and they can't make plays. It's that they don't scare you. Andrew Luck scares you. Deshaun Watson scares you. And the last two times the Tennessee Titans played against quarterbacks that scare us, scare you, they got beat. And they didn't get beat by one score. They got beat by 17, and they got beat by 28. That's what continues to just ring true in my head that I know how talented this secondary is losing Logan Ryan hurts as he's a leader and a veteran. He knows what to do in situations like this losing Jarrell Casey. You can't even quantify how big a loss that is both in the run and pass defense for the Titans in this game. But Kevin Byard is, is a fantastic football player. Dory Jackson at times has been really good and has shown a lot of strides in his spot at corner. These linebackers have really come around. Rashawn Evans is playing solid football, and they're going to need him desperately, especially against Marlon Mack. Wesley Woodyard has played great football this year. Jayon Brown has been relatively consistent all year. Harold Landry has made some plays, maybe not as many as we expected after watching early Harold Landry. But at times, we see a lot of flashes from Harold Landry. I'm not saying this defense is not talented. I'm saying that don't look into this four-game dominant streak that this defense has generally been able to put together over this stretch and suggest that that's representative of how they would play against an Andrew Luck. Now, maybe it's helped them build confidence. Malcolm Butler's playing a lot better, too. Mike Keith told me on Monday night, yeah, but you know, Malcolm Butler is now playing good football. Right, he is. He has played his best stretch over this last month. Again, he's playing down the field against quarterbacks that don't scare you at all. So that's one piece of, of my thoughts 
as we lead into this game. Our telephone number is 615-737-1045. 737-1045. Who's going to win the game? How's it going to be won? How do you feel as a Titans fan? Almost basically two days away from the biggest regular season game, perhaps, that this franchise has ever played. We'll take a call before we get a break, and then we'll take anybody else that's on hold. Just hang with us. Again, as people drop off, call in 615-737-1045. Jerry and Franklin leads us off tonight on the Big Six. Jerry, how are you? I'm doing fine. And um, <clears throat> I listen to everything that you're saying. And statistically, uh, everything that uh, the sportscasters are saying nationwide, with the, with the exception of a few, uh, you know, you're right. But I firmly believe if the defense shows up and has the game of their life and Henry has another huge day and we can get to luck, if we can get to luck and put pressure on him and take a couple of picks, we got just as good a chance, man. I mean, that's absolutely true. I'm not saying you don't have a chance. And I'm not even telling you for sure what I think is going to happen until the end of the show. I'm laying out some positives and some negatives on both sides. Every metric, every pretty much every statistical category would tell you the Colts are going to win this game. That they're a little bit better in virtually every facet of football right now than are the Tennessee Titans. And in some cases, demonstrably better. In some cases, it's a razor-thin margin. They absolutely have a chance. And in football, it's not four out of seven. It's one game. It's one night. It's 60 minutes. If you outplay them for 60 minutes then you're going to continue to play football this season. If you don't, then you're going to watch the Indianapolis Colts go ahead and go into the postseason and be as dangerous as anybody else in the AFC because it's a wide-open year in the playoffs. And by the way, that goes for the Titans if they win the game too because there's no one without flaws, no one without blemishes, no team that you look at and say, well, nobody's beaten them. You might be able to say that about the Saints and the NFC at home in the Superdome. That might be the only team that you could say that about. But right now... I look at the Seattle Seahawks and say that's the one team that I would be frightened to death of if I had to play them, even if I was the Saints, even if it was at home. But don't mistake what I'm laying out for you as me telling you that the Tennessee Titans are going to lose and have no chance. I know they got a chance, and we'll discuss more about those chances when we come back. It's 615-737-1045. Alex and Greg hang with us. If you're on hold, hang with us. We'll get to your phone calls next. Big Six rolls along here on 104.5 The Zone. Could be in and higher that the, than the sixth seed. You could be the sixth seed. But you get in, you have a chance. And especially this year with this AFC, you've got a real chance if you can play your way in. 615-737-1045. How will this game be won? Who will win it? What will be the key factor? Alex in Nashville waited through the break. We'll get to him first. Alex, what's up? Hey, J. Mart. Uh, appreciate you taking time yes, tonight. The uh, you brought up obviously the most obvious things about the Titans in, the, in this game and in, in the past. You know they haven't been tested through the air consistently the last few weeks, and it's a big chance. But at the end of the day, this is this is what fan bases live for. This is what teams live for. A week seventeen prime time um, home game where you can control your own destiny so that's awesome for the city and all that but as far as keys to the game i think first and foremost uh god willing hopefully we have a healthy 
Dan Pease for all four quarters of this game. Yeah. I think a lot of Titans fans forget, and a lot of people, that Dan Pease left. And, and in the first quarter of that game where they killed us 38-10, and that caused a, a distraction. The players knew he was gone. The players were thinking about him. So you've talked to, to those guys. You know how close they are to Dan Pease. They care about him as a human being, not just a coach. So that created a distraction that hopefully won't be there this time around. As far as other keys to the game, there's n- nobody in their right mind knows that Mar- or thinks Marcus Mariota can outduel Andrew Luck. The keys to this game are stealing possessions. You can't allow Andrew Luck and the Colts to have seven or eight possessions against the Titans. If that happens, if they have seven, eight, nine possessions, Titans are going to lose. That's the unfortunate fact. They have to shorten the game. They have to run the clock in the first quarter. We have no business snapping the ball with more than 10 seconds left on the clock at all in the entire game. We have to shorten the game, steal possessions, onside kicks, control the clock, win third down, and extend drives. You To win this game, the Titans have to win the time of possession. It's that simple. Does, you know, Obviously, Derrick Henry, the defense, we have to control the game. We have to win third down on both sides of the football. Shorten the game take the ball out of his hands. I don't disagree. Thank you, Alex. Time of possession is huge. One thing that was really obnoxious last Saturday was that 10-plus minute drive from the Redskins that just took the life out of things in the second quarter. And Derrick Henry is the key for the Titans. They've got to get off the field defensively on third down, and then offensively they've got to keep that Colts defense out there as much as possible so that Andrew Luck is spending most of his night watching from the sidelines, unable to affect things. You mentioned third downs. The Colts are 49.3% in third down conversions this season. That's number one in the NFL. It's above the Kansas City Chiefs, and then there's the Baltimore Ravens, and inexplicably number four in third down conversions this season is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bet you did not have that one at home. Another stat I'm going to mention to you, we talked a lot this season about Rashawn Evans. Started out a little bit slow, had sort of a interesting offseason leading into his rookie year with the Titans, and now he's become incredibly important, especially against the run. He's become a rookie linebacker that you see a lot in that you like and you think could be here for a long time. A lot of hope around Rashawn Evans. Indianapolis drafted a linebacker as well named Darius Leonard. Darius Leonard played college at South Carolina State. Darius Leonard is probably, there are a couple of guys in the discussion this year. You could put Derwin James in there from the Chargers, uh, and you could put certainly Leighton Vander Esch from the Cowboys probably in that discussion as well. I might be forgetting about someone. Darius Leonard is the favorite to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. Darius Leonard has seven sacks on the season as a rookie linebacker for the Colts. Absolute star in the making. And then... I found this from Football Outsiders. NFL leaders in defeats. By defeats, that's defined as a combination of tackles for loss, turnovers, or plays that stop conflict down conversions on third and fourth. Luke Keekley, the Carolina Panthers, is number one. 38 defeats. Number two is Aaron Donald. I know you know who he is. He's at 34. He's tied for number two. You know who he's tied with? He's tied with Colts rookie linebacker Darius Leonard, who also has 34 defeats. Darius Leonard is somebody you want to watch very carefully on Sunday. 
and they're going to have to prepare for him and know where he is at all times because what he's done out of the shoot as a rookie, along with some of the other picks that Chris Ballard's made, but none bigger than this Darius Leonard pick, this guy is a superstar-level football player. And as good as Rashawn Evans has been down the back half of this season for Tennessee, Leonard's been this way since day one for the Colts. So it's just another example of a spot where the Titans have something good going, but the Colts might have a little bit more going. But again, it's one football game and it's 60 minutes. And whoever, whoever plays better and smarter and cleaner for those 60 minutes is the team's going to win the football game. Chris on a cell phone up next. Chris, what's up? Hey, hey, how's it going, man? Uh, it's going well, Chris. How are you? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Well, in my opinion, I think that the Titans have been the little engine that could this year. Okay. Um, seems like we've had even bigger odds stacked against us, you know, coming in, playing Philadelphia, playing uh, uh, New England, playing several other teams, and then having fallen flat at a few other games this year. I still feel that... that we need to put the ball not only in, in Derrick Henry's hands, but uh, I feel that Marcus Mariota's foot speed could be a factor in this game coming up. And we really haven't seen much of that lately. And I feel like everyone's starting to forget that we have a quarterback that can run. That's very true. And I'll hang up and see if you had any opinion on that because I haven't heard anyone talk about that at all. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just sort of expected that you know Marcus – is a threat to run the football from time to time. Maybe he doesn't do it enough, but trying to keep him healthy, even though he generally doesn't get hurt on the runs. He gets hurt on hits that come after he finally gets the ball out of his hands or on sacks in certain situations. But Marcus is certainly a threat to run the ball. So was Andrew Luck. People don't remember the fact that he was an athlete at Stanford that ran it as well. He's a great pocket passer, but he can he can run, and he's willing to dive and do all the things that Marcus is as well. But yeah, sure it can be a factor. And Marcus is the kind of quarterback that, if need be, he will put his body on the line to get that extra yard. One thing you can't deny about Marcus Mariota is how much he wants it. And by it, I mean victories and yards and points and all that comes along with it. The spoils of victory. Marcus Mariota is a an ultimate competitor. And that, I do think, is something that the Titans have going for them. Let's go to Jeff and Laverne before we get to this break, and then we'll get some of these other calls afterwards. Jeff, what's up? All right. I just I just want to know, um, just want to put my two cents out there. Do you think that America will start taking the Titans more seriously if they pull it off against the Colts? And if they do and people still aren't impressed, do you think it will have to be more of they have to win a divisional in order to really get people starting to get – the buzz back around uh, Nashville. And then one other thing, um, on the shows earlier today, they were just speculating, you know, after the Titans get on to this, they have a good sh- they have a good enough shot as anybody running in for the Super Bowl. And if they would make it in and say uh, the Rams also made it in and they would face off again, do you think, you know, that would be something the media will latch on to? Two since the Titans and the Rams last time they faced off in the Super Bowl, the Titans almost won, but sadly didn't. And that's all I got to say. I don't think that the national media or the NFL is going to care about it being Rams versus Titans part two. There's a storyline there, 
a good storyline if you want to tell that. I don't think that's what the NFL I don't think the NFL would would care. They would see it because they'd be told it and they would be able to use it to their advantage, but I don't think that it would matter in the grand scheme. And in terms of just perception of the team, Nashville's already getting behind this team. You win this game, it changes a lot of things. You lose this game, I don't think that it kills you because this team wasn't expected necessarily in Mike Vrabel's first year with another new offensive coordinator. All of the changes, I don't think they were expected necessarily to be this good. I didn't expect them to be this good. They've been inconsistent, but they've won some games you didn't necessarily expect them to win. And then they've lost a few that you expected them to win. So I don't think that I, you want the good taste in your mouth. And I think that you end up leaving this season feeling a little bit neutral, but hope for the future. If you lose, if you win, man, who knows? I know one thing. We still got 30 minutes of this show and we got five lines completely lit. We will run through some more phone calls coming up. 615-737-1045 Titans Colts Sunday. You'll hear it right here on 104.5 The Zone. It was an exhibition game. Who really cares? You don't need my opinion on why Purdue gave up that many points. Plus, I've told you before. 615-737-1045 is how to jump in. We're talking Titans Colts because, of course, we are. Sunday night. It's the first time Sunday night football has been here. Since 2009, only the third time the Titans have ever played on Sunday Night Football. The second time they've hosted. First time this decade they've hosted. Everything's on the line for them. Win and you're in. Lose. And that's a wrap. So it's 60 minutes. And it's two football teams in a do-or-die situation. It's not best four out of seven in the NBA or in Major League Baseball or in the NHL where it's very difficult for the inferior team to actually triumph. In this case, and you can make the argument however you want to make it, both teams have a great chance. And on one night, one bounce of the ball, one errant fumble, one lean from Harold Landry and a strip sack of Andrew Luck, and who knows? Donnie and Smyrna's up first here in this segment. Donnie, how are you? Hey, buddy, how are you? Good. Listen, I'm a biggest Titans fan as anybody, but let's just get down to it. If we're picking in the back, if we're standing in the backyard and we're picking quarterbacks, and you can take Mariota or Luck, who are you taking? Oh, well, I'm yeah. taking Luck. Of course, it's not. It's not even close. Their offensive line is better than our defensive line. Their quarterback don't get hit for five games. That ain't never happened in Titan history or Oiler history. We can't get to him. It's that simple. It doesn't matter if Dean Pease is there the whole game or not. We can't get to him. They're better than we are. It's that simple. It's going to be a double-digit win, and there ain't a damn thing we can do about it. That's the way it is. Appreciate that thought. You could be right. I will tell you my prediction in the final segment here on the Big Six. You can follow me on Twitter, by the way, at jmartzone. And look. I said that off the top. There's no metric by which I can point to the Titans and say they're better, except in the punting game, because Brett Kern's awesome. Andrew Luck is better than Mariota. In the running game, the way Derrick Henry's playing right now, maybe you do take him. But Marlon Mack's awfully good. Offensive line, you go with the Colts. They might be the best in the league right now. And yes, they are keeping Andrew Luck's road white jersey nice and pristine. And that was a disaster. That unit was terrible under Ryan Grigson and has been completely rebuilt in short order by Chris Ballard. Wide receiver, 
There's no wide receiver on the Tennessee Titans that is as good as T.Y. Hilton. At tight end, without Delaney, certainly well, certainly without Delaney, and maybe even without Jonu Smith and Eric Ebron, who looks like he is going to be able to play, and Jack Doyle, you would want those guys. In terms of the defense, up front without Jarrell Casey, and you have to factor that in, you want Indianapolis. Linebackers, Darius Leonard is incredible. I like the Tennessee Titans linebacking core. I really do. I think that one's a really close matchup. In the secondary, no Logan Ryan. Kevin Byard is a beast of all beasts. Adoree has shown a lot that you like this year. Has come a tremendous way from where he was in his rookie season. Back end of Indy's defense, not bad at all. At kicker, suck-up's been a little bit inconsistent as of late. And we know what Adam Vinatieri is. Coaches, both in their first year. Frank Reich might be coach of the year in the NFL. It's going to come down to like him and Matt Nagy in Chicago and Pete Carroll, who maybe should win it. But the Colts are better than the Titans when you look at it from basically every category. So yeah, if you just look at it from that perspective, then you can easily get to the Colts are going to win this game. And maybe that's what I'm going to say in the final segment. Maybe it's not. You'll have to stick around and find out. Casey in Manchester next. Casey, what say you? What's up, man? Uh, doing well, man. How are you? I'm pretty good. I just had a question on something that you said earlier, and this is not verbatim what you said, but it's something along the lines of how this may be the biggest game in franchise history. Regular at least season. Recently. All right. Well, my question is, last year we were in the same situation with Jacksonville. And I understand that Bortles is trash and Luck is good, but – that Jacksonville team was one game away from being in the big dance. I'm just kind of, kind of want you to elaborate on the differences and why this one is so much more hyped up. And I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. Yeah, sorry, I, I didn't know you were going to thank me there at the end, so I didn't mean to cut you off. But look, the Jacksonville game was big. The argument is this is the biggest home game played in Nashville in the regular season, maybe ever, certainly in a decade. And I'm going to stick with that. And I do think the fact that Bortles played for one of those two teams. And Andrew Luck, who's undefeated against your franchise in his entire career, is playing in the other one. And it's Sunday night football. And it's win or get in. And it's the game everyone's going to be paying attention to when every other result is already decided. I think this is a bigger game without question than anything that took place last year, especially in the regular season. Now, how will it be remembered? Will it be remembered fondly? That is what's left to be determined. Doug is out in Jolton tonight. Doug, how are you? Hey, how you doing tonight? Good, Doug. I uh, got back from that massacre there in. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. Music City Bowl. Okay. Um, but uh, anyway, you still there? Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, I was just wanting to get back with you and just spread my two cents on okay. um, earlier in the year preseason. You did a show on preseason tickets and people going, you know, or not going. Okay, as was the case, and I'd called in, but. Basically, I just wanted to take a second to my horn that, you know, <clears throat> Sunday night, big game, my $67 tickets, man, I'm getting my money's worth mm-hmm. to see Andrew Luck play, okay? And I have to pay that same $67 for those two preseason games, which I've, I've never been to. I'm an original founder, PSL holder, and uh, I've never been to them because of 
this reason's right here, you know. I mean, give me something, you know, that I want to go for, you know, and and well, give me a reason why I want to go, I guess. And to go see Andrew Luck, what a game. This this literally is the biggest game since probably that 2008 playoff divisional where we lost to the Ravens, okay. So I know it's not regular season, but still, <clears throat> you know, for uh, the same price, Here's what you get, man, and same price is you got to pay for those preseason games, which is a farce. You know, they need to do something. So I just wanted to kind of spread my two cents since you did a show on it early, earlier in the year. All right, Doug, appreciate you uh, chiming in with that. Interesting timing for that phone call, but well, I'm glad that your $67 ticket is going to enable you to watch something this big since you, you know, had to pay for something you, that you didn't want earlier in the year. That's the problem with... The PSL is the problem with the old pumpkin spice latte tickets. We got one more segment coming on the other side. I will tell you what I expect on Sunday night. I'll tell you who's going to win, in my opinion. And I will tell you what to expect in terms of the atmosphere. I've already said it today, so if you've been listening to 3HO, you may have already heard it. But I'm going to contextualize it for you as we finish up this week. And I'll also tell you what's going to happen in tomorrow's big games in both the Cotton Bowl as well as the Orange Bowl. That's still to come. It's the big six here on 104.5 The Zone. 54% chance that they win it all. Nobody else is anywhere near 20 of the other three teams. We'll do a stat to end this show about another AFC South team. 615-737-1045 is still a time for you to get in if you would like to discuss Titans-Colts, how you think it's going to be won, or how you think it's going to be lost. Winner gets into the playoffs. And they will know by the time this game is kicked where they will get into the playoffs. Depending on other results, could be the two seed, could win the division. Maybe they're playing for number six. I don't think either team cares. They just want to win the football game. So I said I was going to predict this thing before I got out of here, and I will. I've given you plenty of stats today and throughout this week. since, And we've kind of... We have had this game circled for about a month. If the Titans lost any of the last four games, this would not be a discussion we were having. But if they lost one of the four games that they just got finished playing, they didn't deserve to be here anyway because these are four teams they should beat. Eddie George said earlier today in a fantastic interview on the Midday 180 that the hardest thing to do in the league is to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. I think that's interesting because I've always thought that Beating the teams that you are supposed to beat is the sign that you're a really good team. So maybe I'm saying basically the same thing because it's tough to do, and if you do it consistently, you're probably pretty good. But the thing that good teams do is not drop games they shouldn't drop. I can't call the Titans good yet, but maybe on the right track because a good team doesn't lose to the Bills the way that they lost to the Bills. That's the game that, that I think everybody will point to if this does not go Tennessee's way on Sunday. If you want to be a negative Nancy coming out of that loss, if it were a loss, you're going to point back to that Buffalo game. You might look to the Miami game, but there were so many weird circumstances surrounding it. Plus, Mariota got hurt. and Juan got knocked out of the game with a concussion. We had the Delaney situation happen in that game. And, of course, eight hours of lightning delays and rain delays and weather delays. That one was just strange in general. But the loss to the Bills harms you greatly. But after all is said and done, you have what you want. You control your own destiny with one to play. 
Everything from this point out is a playoff game for the Tennessee Titans. You win and you're in, you lose and you're done. That's this week. If you win, you go somewhere next week, or if somebody comes to you next week, you win and you continue playing. The AFC is wide open. Kansas City's defense means you really can't trust them, plus Andy Reid's postseason record. Baltimore's got a rookie quarterback in Lamar Jackson. I don't know if it's time to figure him out yet. I don't know how long it will take to figure him out. But their defense is all world. Them and the Bears are on another level, on a defensive side. We saw it firsthand with that shutout here in the Music City earlier in the season. The Chargers have never gotten it done in the playoffs, which is the knock against Phillip Rivers. Things just don't seem to go right for the L.A. Chargers when things matter. And we saw another example of that when they had three extra days of rest and still found a way to lose to a rookie quarterback at home last Saturday night, which made all Titans fans have to pay even closer attention to Steelers Saints on Sunday. Maybe Pittsburgh gets in. Pittsburgh scares you because of their offense, but their defenses eh, sometimes show up, sometimes they don't. If the Colts were to get in, that means you're not in, but the Colts would be as dangerous as anybody else, especially with Andrew Luck and how often he's able to come back in football games. New England is going to play at home unless things go catastrophically wrong for them this weekend. And Tom Brady's only lost twice since 2006 at home, and that includes the regular season. That's an unbelievable statistic. Josh Gordon was doing everything for them down the field. He's no longer available. Rob Gronkowski has shown his age and shown how many hits he's taken. This offense is not prolific. There are questions being asked all week. Is is the reason the Patriots not very good because Tom Brady's injured? Because there has to be an excuse, right? There's also this thing about him being 41 and that team just not having much dynamic talent surrounding him. And maybe just finally the league has caught up to them. Eventually, the league catches up to everybody. Look at Golden State right now in the NBA. But there's nobody in the AFC that you look at and say, you ain't beating that team. Nobody, whether they play at home or on the road. And if you're the Chargers, you probably want to go on the road. It's a running joke, but unfortunately, it's a running joke because it's true. So if you get in and you're the Tennessee Titans, you can absolutely make the Super Bowl because this is going to be a wild playoffs. Could it go chalk? Sure. But every favorite could lose. Every single one of them could lose. NFC, maybe you feel a little more secure about the Saints because the Superdome is the Superdome. If Seattle got home games, I would be much more terrified about them. But them having to go on the road, they're not quite the same team. And everybody else is everybody else. I don't think the Cowboys are that good. I think they'll probably get beaten by Seattle if things stay the same. Seattle can go to Dallas and beat them, and I think they will. But all the Titans have to do is beat Andrew Luck, which I say that kind of with a grin because they've never done it before. He's 10-0 against them. He's 5-0 against them in Nashville. We talked about that storyline being there for the Titans. There's also the storyline that the original shoulder injury that led to the downturn for Andrew Luck and threatened his entire career happened here in Nashville. So he could come full circle from that injury to making the playoffs at the expense of the team that knocked him out originally. So there's that out there. And then, of course, there's the constant questions 
as to whether Marcus Mariota is going to be healthy. And if he is healthy enough to play, is he going to, is he going to actually be effective? Is he going to be able to finish the game? Ryan Kelly, the center for the Colts, is a Pro Bowl player when he plays, but he's missed 13 of his last 32 games, and he's not going to play on Sunday. Eric Ebron's going to play. Third downs are hugely important. The Colts are number one in the league at 49.3%. Since 2015, the Indianapolis Colts in the month of December outside are 2-7. and seven. I'm trying to give you all the hope that I can give you on the way out the door here, and I'm going to make you smarter with a stat. But what's going to happen? Colts are going to win, folks. I'm not, I, I know that the atmosphere is going to be great because I feel it welling up in me that my heart wants to tell me that the Titans are going to win the game. I'm not going to let it happen again. I think the Colts are going to win by double digits because I just think they're a better football team. Can the Titans win? Yes. Will they win? I honestly just don't think so. But I'll be there, and I hope to be wrong. Let's get smarter on the way out the door. Before the stat, just a reminder, this will make you smarter. Still time to see the Titans play at Nissan Stadium. Get your tickets to see Titans Colts on Sunday by visiting TitansOnline.com. Sunday Night Football in the Music City. That's TitansOnline.com. Single game tickets are on sale. This is a crazy stat. We'll all be watching Houston Jacksonville on Sunday as well. Deshaun Watson has not lost a game that he started and finished by more than one score since he was a sophomore in high school. I'm not even going to repeat it. It's absolutely unbelievable. Sunday, everything is on the line. We'll have it here for you on 104.5 The Zone. Fox Sports Radio is next.